Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I like to say that hair is a woman's best accessory. And thanks to my friends at Way, they make it possible to have good hair days every day. Let me tell you, Way's hair oil has become a game changer in my hair care routine. So if you're ready to have good hair days every single day, you got to check out Way. Head over to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com to check out their products. And here's a little treat for you guys use the promo code Heal Squad for 15% off your purchase. Yep, the Way, T H E O U A I dot com, promo code Heal Squad for 15% off. Hey everyone, it's Kelsey and Jeff, and we are here to tell you a bit about our partner Anchor. We know that you're a fan of this podcast and maybe you thought, hey, I want to make a podcast too. Well, we have great news for you guys. We want to tell you all about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast for a few reasons, but to start out, it's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. Plus, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Do it, you guys, and enjoy the show. I'm on a journey to get better, and I want to do it with you. And I'm not just focusing on physical health. I'm focusing on everything, emotional wellness, spirituality, finances, relationships, and so much more. Every week, it will be my personal goal to bring us, the world's leading healers, experts, and game changers, to share groundbreaking secrets and tips to getting better in all areas of life. Getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when we can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menino. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy Monday, April 6th, 2020. The year is almost over, guys. <laughs> Not. Uh, welcome to my hour of sanity and, uh, and such. We're going to try to know better to get better. And uh, we have a fun show for you today. Our quote of the day, I've always believed... And I still believe that whatever good or bad fortune may come our way, we can always give it meaning and transform it into something of value. That is Herman Hess or Hesse. I don't know how to say his last name, but... I got you on that one. It's Herman Hess, a German novelist, great, Ooh. great writer who I really like. And the voice of Jeff Graham appears. Jeff Graham. Jeff Graham is in the house, everyone. Jeff Graham works with us over at AfterBuzz TV. 
He has been helping us uh, over here at Better Together uh, get used to him. Uh, Stephen, of course, is in the booth. I'm in my isolation cell. You are in your isolation cell. <laughs> I wish I had like a camera pointed at the window that you talk to me and see me through. <laughs> I feel like I'm a clerk at like a jail. <laughs> the best is like, it would be crazy if Kevin like was forecasting something like this because he really built everything here in a way where he kind of knew, even though he didn't know. Right? Like five years ago, he's like, this is your future. And I'm like, this guy's psycho. What's he talking about? I'm on E! News. Like, I'm on TV. What, what is he talking about? I'm going to be broadcasting from my garage. But anyway. Um, and I've been able to do my Sirius XM show from here. Of course, this uh, this has been born from it. And so Stephen is in his isolation chamber. Yeah. Can you just not put a lock on it, though? Like, that, that I felt like was excessive. Oh, really? I'm yeah. a good dictator, though. I but, let you out for potty breaks. But, like, the padlock is just a bit much. <laughs> the chains. Can I, can I at least those. unshackle my ankle? I'm channeling my best Carol Baskin, too, guys. Well, so. please don't it. feed me to Max. I, oh, my God. And <laughs> Jeff got fed to Max already. He already. Yeah, he already tries to eat us. I will become friends with Max. That's my goal for 2020 is to, because I, you know, I'm a huge dog person. We have uh, one of the best dog people on the show today, Maria. Of course, you mentioned Tamar Geller. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe she can be the mediator between Max and I as we become friends. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, yeah. So, so as uh, Jeff just mentioned, we have um, our very dear friend, renowned dog expert. And um, she's like a, like the Tony Robbins of dogs. And uh, she's going to be on the show. And we've gotten tons of questions from you guys on um, Instagram stories. So thank you for submitting questions. This way we can actually help you with exactly what you're looking for. So uh, Tamara is going to be on. And then we're hoping everything is okay with Dorinda Medley because Dorinda is supposed to be on the show today as well. Um, We're having a little communication issue, but hopefully all is well there and she will be on the show as well. Do you have any updates, Jeff Graham? No, right now it's uh, just checking in and again, hoping everything's okay. Right now, it's <laughs> Jeff's such nervous. an unpredictable time. You know, so Jeff's like, uh, uh, as the beads of sweat pour down his face. Sweat. Is that the rain from Los Angeles or is that sweat pouring down my face as I try to get Dorinda on the line? Well, it's yeah. like whenever you threw to like me and Steph in the booth before and uh-huh. we had different headsets on because somebody was in here, you always saw us on camera. Which button do I hit? I know. I know. <laughs> we have these mute buttons that we have to hold to talk. So it's like, whack yeah, How iron- ironic you have to push the mute button to talk. Yeah. It's a little backwards. I have to sanitize these mute buttons now. Oh, I've sanitized in there. Well, before you got in there, what was it? Like two weeks ago or whatever, mm-hmm. when this was all happening, I went in and I just sanitized the shit out of it. Amazing. I cleaned up Dodge. I organized. You guys had like a coffee cup behind the computer that was growing mold in it because it still had coffee. You call it a coffee cup behind the computer growing mold. I call it a heat sink that prevents the computer from overheating. What? Exactly. Is that it's real? A, it's a tech thing, Maria. You Shut know, it's up. A tech I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> For a second, because you're so smart, I thought maybe, just maybe. Um, but anyway. We jury-rigged a coffee cup. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So here's the thing, guys. Um You know, I've been perusing different articles online, as I always do. And um, I came across an article that was really interesting that was talking about um, how people with depression and anxiety are actually 
feeling better in quarantine. And I thought this was a really interesting thing to talk about today because, you know, as we were forecasting what was to come, everyone was talking about like suicide and how depressing it's going to be in isolation. And ironically, this article talked about how now they don't feel as alone because everyone is in isolation. Um, And the timing of it was interesting because I had just woken up that morning. This was probably Saturday morning. And I said to Kevin, or maybe it was yesterday, I can't remember. I was like, I really, I feel like I need a journal right now. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just feel like, listen, I might not have work for the rest of the year, right? And so I'm having to figure out budgets and stuff like that and how we're all going to survive and take care of my mom and everything. But I also am perhaps happier in quarantine. And I think... For me, as I journaled everything, some of the biggest reasons are the lack of of that madness, that schedule, that like racing around. And I was already in a different mode after surgery, and I'd already changed so many things in my life and made major adjustments. But... I really don't see the need for me to drive an hour across town to take a meeting that could be done over Zoom. And I had been pushing those things on people and they were all confused. Like, you know, the poodles when we make a noise and their head cocks. Actually, every dog does it. If you go, they go, Um, people's heads would go like that. And then when we would do it, everybody would be happy and it was fun and it was easy. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. Every time I'm communicating with someone, I don't just call them now. I FaceTime them. Now, I've heard that that's inappropriate to just <laughs> do last minute on somebody, but um, I figure if you're not an appropriate moment, you just don't have to answer it. I always feel bad, though, because when I like, let's say I get a FaceTime from Kev and I'm sleeping. I'm just like, I still need to answer this. This is Kev. like I can't like not answer it. So I'm like, I'm like, hello, Kev. Hi. What can I do? <laughs> it's like, all right, time to work, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. I just I always I feel obligated to answer FaceTime messages from employers or from people who you're working on projects with. Interesting. Yeah. Jeff, how do you feel? It's an interesting line. I, uh, I, I'm fine to pick up a FaceTime for Kevin Maria because, you know, we, we're close and you guys are our managers. And I'm assuming it's something probably timely or urgent if I get a FaceTime. But if it's a – there's, I think, a line. There's, like, a FaceTime line. And some people are on this side of it where I feel totally comfortable picking up your FaceTime. And some people are on this side where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if you should be FaceTiming me at 9.45 p.m. on a Sunday night. Oh, my God, guys. I am such – 
like I should be arrested. All I do is FaceTime people. I FaceTime bomb people everywhere. But so back to the point of this is I, I feel like that, like just for me, where a lot of my anxiety comes from, I feel like is the mapping out my day, where I'm going, how I'm going to make sure I get food in my system, where I'm going to get that food, stopping at the coffee bean to get the coffee. I'm trying to find a parking spot and then it takes forever to get the spot. And then, you know, rushing off to wherever you got to go and then realizing you didn't eat and now it's one o'clock and your head's killing you and you're starving. And now, you know, you got to eat something from Seven Eleven or whatever. Um, all of that is gone. And you know, I'll probably, I'll grab my journal entry. Maybe I'll share it with you guys tomorrow. But there's a lot of anxiety that is released from all the things we're supposed to do and that we need to show up for and that we have to, you know, make appearances for and um, makeup, hair. I mean, for a girl, there's so much more to us going out into the world, right? Like I can wear my Carol Baskin sweats right now, but there are limited places that I'm really going to wear these to, right? This is my everyday attire now. I am Carol Baskin. Has Kevin run away from you yet today? (laughs) No. Uh, And if you don't know who Carol Baskin is, guys, Tiger King, Netflix, must watch. Um, That damn Carol Baskin. Yeah. This article is so interesting, Maria, because not only were those points brought up, but a lot of people with depression and anxiety feel like they can't relate to other people sometimes because just by the way their brain chemicals work, it is maybe a bit more of a doom and gloom view of the world, and it's hard to get out of that mode of thinking. But now that a lot of people are sort of seeing that worldview, a lot of people with depression and anxiety feel like they can relate to the rest of the world right now. They feel seen by it, Mm -hmm. which um, I thought was a really profound observation. It's really interesting stuff. Yeah, I agree. That's why I I sent you it because I thought um I thought it was just so interesting and um and hopefully you know I mean there are definitely people who are going stir crazy and there are definitely people who are not faring well in quarantine and that can be for a number of reasons but for me um you know I've I've figured out ways to to do things that I haven't been able to do before, like cook my own meal, which has been really nice and not just for me, but for my family. Um, my dad, I know I've been telling you guys that I've had many sleepless nights trying to get his diabetes in order. I actually, the last two nights have not had access to his pump and I've slept through the night, even though I'm not sleeping very well. But, um, I kept having nightmares about Australia last night. I don't know why it was very strange and flights. I was supposed to get on a flight And I didn't know what time it was. And I was freaking out because a friend of mine had my phone. And so I couldn't check my calendar. And I I just kept waking up. And and then I go right back into sleep. And this dream just kept going over and over. So I'm hoping everything's going to be fine in Australia. But we socialed out your interview from Australia. Maybe that was why. Just so you all know, Marie was on the Today Show in Australia last week. And if you want to see that segment, it was a great one. It's on her Twitter right now. Check it out. And our YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we should put it on our Instagram feed today. Definitely. We'll do. So check yeah. out Marie's Instagram. We'll uh, air the Australia segment there. Yeah. So anyhow, um, that was really cool. And I've been getting my 10,000 plus steps a day because of our episode with Harley Pasternak. So if you have not um, listened or watched that episode, you should. Um, it definitely inspired me to put my Fitbit back on and really focus on it. Although for a couple of days, I forgot it, but I still did my activities 
And now that it's going to be raining all week, I think it'll be a little bit more difficult because I've been taking Max on little hikes through the neighborhood. Um, but um, yeah, the toughest part has been my mom. That's like, because she can't do any physical therapy. She can't get some of these great outpatient treatments that help her. And she doesn't want to listen to us. So that's been really frustrating and hard and depressing. And, you know, you just watch her and I feel like she's just melting into the couch and it's beyond depressing um, and really, really hard to see. And, you know, Dr. Black and Dr. Rudnick, her neurosurgeon and oncologist have told me many times when I start to lose it, like I've been the last two days, um, that brain cancer takes the you out of you. Because I look at her and she's just a shell of who she was. And it's so, um, so sad. So that's been a little bit of a drain. Um, but I keep shifting. <laughs> I keep meditating, getting myself back into a good place and and keep trying to move forward. And that's all we can do. And, um, you know, when we talk about the things that are better in quarantine, have you guys found um, something that you hope will stick after quarantine for yourselves? You know, I um, have been just more attentive with like the dishes. I know that sounds like a minute thing, but like, you know, we have a small one bedroom apartment and a little tiny dishwasher. And if we don't run it enough, those dishes pile up and then you're behind. And I found that just like making sure that you're on top of those dishes is a really good way to keep your mental health in check, especially for Laura. My, uh, I'm, unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you look at it better at surviving if there's clutter whereas laura needs everything like pristine which i totally empathize wait with wait, wait. you're better with clutter i'm not better with it but i'm fine with it i can oh that's a different story function. okay yeah, i may have phrased that poorly but laura can't function if there's clutter so yeah it's been good for me to really be in check with her on that and just really staying on top of dishes makes a huge difference okay so dishes perfect dishes. nice hey and you have a dishwasher we don't have a dishwasher or ours ours broke before all this happened and we tried to replace it but then it's like a weird inset thing in the tile but oh uh, yeah we never got to the bottom of whether that credit i never saw that credit come through so what happened uh i emailed you back basically best buy says hey once we filed the refund it's not on us so call your bank Hmm. so yeah we bought a new dishwasher and we bought a new dryer because appliances like to go out at the same time guys that's kind of how this life works um, but oh, yeah. the dryer is amazing. The dishwasher didn't fit, but we're, we've been hand washing dishes and it really does a good job of building this like level of that word that starts with R E S respect. No, no, no. Resentfulness <laughs> towards everyone who's not doing the dishes. I know. I hate doing dishes. It's just the other. My dad just sits at that sink. I feel like now and just keeps, keeps doing dishes and doing dishes. It's just, if everyone just did their own dishes, it'd be good. Right. Yeah. But then like. The other day, I'm like at the sink and I see our roommate, not the roommate we work with, but the roommate walking up and pulling something out of the drying rack to use in the morning. I'm like, oh, why don't you just empty the whole drying rack? And like, uh, th- th- I'm like, it would be the nice thing to do. And then they don't empty the drying rack. And I'm just like, yeah, let's build this resentfulness when we're all locked in together. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm the person who will go in and like, you know. I'll, I'm a rinser, so I'll spray everything so that there's no crust that builds up that makes it harder. But I won't do them. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's just like certain things that I just really hate doing. 
And so, yeah, I don't do them. But is there something else, guys? Like for me, it's it's Zoom meetings. It's really um, not chasing after it, as Kevin always said. Like I would wake up and be like, okay, what are we going to do today? Where are we going to go? And now I'm just like, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) And it's just fine. I still feel like I'm in get up and go mode 24-7 because I feel like I have so many things that I want to do in addition to things that I'm expected to do, right? So, like, I created graphics for our news and gossip thing, like a motion graphic for news and gossip for AfterBuzz shows. And then I created a motion graphic for predictions. And then I'm like, okay, well, how do I build out these sets more? So I'm like, I'm trying to trickle in, like, these things that I've never actually been able to have time for because you know at after buzz when we're at the studio i have hosts coming up to me every five minutes yeah so now i have the same amount of work but then no interruptions i'm I'm like multitasking on different projects at the same time without getting pulled in eight different directions i'm only getting pulled in three different directions because i have three people which is fun though right much better it's way easier I mean, the, the, the thing to tackle, though, is the tech issues. Like, that's the, the crazy thing is in this, in this world where everyone's on Zoom, mm. the internet is very, very fickle right now. Oh, but don't worry. We're getting 5G. <laughs> and 5G is the cause of coronavirus. Please don't say that and don't spread <laughs> misinformation. No, because people... It's a are, joke. I'm joking. Yeah, just clarify, because really, if people start buying into this stuff and going out and burning the 5G towers... It's going to... Is that what they're saying they're going to do? In in the UK, people are going out and firebombing 5G towers because people are sharing this conspiracy theory that 5G is contributing to coronavirus by weakening your immune system, whatever. It's all BS. But like... Wow. 5G on its own, maybe there's like some wave signal thing that's doing something, but it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. And I urge people to not do anything like burn 5G towers because the 5G <clears throat> is reducing a lot of the strain on the network for everyone using the internet yeah so the, if it, I, it's going to be some idiot conspiracy tinfoil hat person who goes and burns a 5g tower and ruins internet for after yeah yeah well sorry i digress i've been reading about it and hearing about it and so um yeah listen <sighs> i don't know what to say about it I, you know it's um it's 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 wild it's wild. So, Jeff, you got to cancel your plans to burn that 5G tower by your Yes, no, please. I'll make sure. I'll tell my crew. That is Funny, not... see, when you were talking about, like, the work element of corona, it's a very interesting situation that both of us are in. And I feel very lucky because most people are either out of work or trying to find ways to fill the time. And I've been very lucky, and actually so has Laura, to be empowered by additional career opportunities through this. And I bet there are a couple of your listeners, Maria, who can... All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days, and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor, and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios, and then I got addicted, and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them.
relate to that because you think about, of course, doctors and nurses have never worked harder, but there are some industries, um, and news is one of them, which you know we're doing, we're in this space media, where we're working really, really hard. So I've actually been really grateful to have a sense of purpose right now to be working on this show. And um, that's kind of been my takeaway is like, I can use this time to really push and try to grow my career. And it's interesting. My wife is a producer um, and works in this business as well. And she's felt the same way. Yeah. It's an opportunity. And that's, yeah. that's what the quote of the day basically said, is that you have to take every situation that's thrown at you as an opportunity to better yourself in some mm -hmm. way, whether it's through knowledge, whether it's through skills or whether it's through uh, your personal situation. Um, and as we had with uh, AJ Gupta on the show, use this as an opportunity. Yep. As you said with Harley on the show, use this opportunity to better your fitness, um, which I thought was really interesting with uh, Kofi Kingston even. Like, be more connected with your children. Yeah. Like, there's takeaways in all these shows, and they're only coming to people through this situation of having to be self-quarantined. So I think it's... It, I think there is a really nihilistic way of looking at everything of like, oh, the world's going to end. Screw it. But if you actively start thinking, OK, how can I take advantage of this? Because for the number of millionaires that went broke in the Great Depression, there was another great number of people who became millionaires because of the Great Depression. So, you know, we, we look at it from a business sense. We yeah. say, OK, well, you know, nobody is everyone's ads are sold for the rest of the year as of April or as of March. Well, now because of this, you know, all the ad that they put aside for the Olympics, all the ads that they put aside for all these football games, for the NFL, for all of these things that are now canceled, all these budgets are opened up. So it's an opportunity for other people who likewise would have never gotten the opportunity to get those ad budgets. Yeah. You're, we're going to see a lot of YouTubers get big money put behind them during this. You're going to see a lot of, People and businesses that you've never heard of become huge. Uh, Zoom stock went up twenty five percent. Yeah, and yeah, I think the the big message is that. And you know, I was rereading a lot of my notes from my Esther Hicks seminar and Gabby Bernstein's books and stuff. Is that um, challenging times are there for us to grow, and so you can succumb to them or you can really either pray for guidance to show you like yesterday I was like, and you know, my front yard over there just crying because of my mom and seeing the status of her. And I read in my notes and I, and I do this, I bring it when I'm in challenging times to remind myself of the lessons that I've learned. And my toolkit is all in there. If I forget it mentally on my own, I can read it again. And it was like, okay, challenging times, our growth periods. Okay, so what am I supposed to learn here, God? What am I supposed to learn? And so I think um, I think you can either pray for the message or really dig in and see why is it I'm going through what I'm going through right now? Did I lose my job because it wasn't the right thing for me and I need to reinvent? This might be a great time, by the way, to get a, a coach, right? Someone to help guide you to your next steps. Like you might have some ideas of things you want to do, um, and not know how to kind of put them all together. But you can hire a personal coach um, through Tony Robbins or whoever and and get yourself to the place you want to get to. You know, we can't do it alone. You know, we all are lucky we have Kevin and Kevin's a great coach and he can really share and show us the way. But, you know, if you don't have a Kevin, find another Kevin and utilize this time to start building your next kind of chapter in life. So... Anyhow, um, 
I think, uh, I think that's a, a better way to, to deal with these challenging times than, um, you know, throwing your hands up in the air and, and, and also begrudging other people and being upset because everybody's in different situations and, um, it's almost worse for people who have lots of money right now. Oh my God. Did you see the trending? It was trending this weekend about like something about hating celebrities or whatever. Um, oh, I forget what the hashtag was. Um, but it was interesting cause it's like you loved them before and you wanted to be them before and now you hate them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hollywood hypocrites. No, get the, get we'll, the, we'll find it for tomorrow. I get the French revolution vibes where yeah. like everyone's just ready to start raiding people's houses and i'm like let's not get to that yeah i mean the truth is listen there are some people who are a little tone deaf and we've talked about this um but they'll find out soon enough and they'll have to adjust their game and be more sensitive to people and you know understand that it's it's a lot to throw into somebody's face you know when you're on this crazy yacht or something so um you know it is what it is but let's get to our show people So Tamar, like I said, is a world-renowned dog expert expert who um, created the Love Dog Program. It's a method embraced and adopted by the likes of Oprah Winfrey, uh, Ellen DeGeneres, Reese Witherspoon, and so many more, including myself. Um, She is my dear friend. And without further ado, here's Miss Tamar Geller. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, honey. How are you? I miss you. I miss you. How is quarantine life going? Well, it's a duality. On one hand, I'm really enjoying it. It gives me the opportunity to do all the things that I never have time to do. On the other hand, you know, I miss my friends. I miss certain, I, I miss the connection that I have. Yeah. Are you taking care of other people's dogs right now? How does it work? I have a couple of dogs who are on training vacation with me here. And we are all in this together. So the dogs are getting so much quality time. <laughs> so are people, yeah, I know, right? They're getting extra tomorrow time. So they're are people extra. sending you, they're, they're still getting new dogs and sending them to you? Like business is still going forward? I mean, I mean, you know, I could take a dog. I just don't want the people, you know, because dogs are still safe. So I can work with dogs, but I'm not working with the people right now just, you know, for safety, which is killing me. Yeah, because your method is training the human in a way. It's all about relationship. It's all about truly reframing how we see relationship. And when we learn it uh, on the dog, meaning to understand somebody who is different than us, as opposed to blaming them, as opposed to labeling them, um, we truly learn how to be, uh, how to understand anybody else in our life, how to understand ourselves. So it's, it's important to do it with the person. I tried to do it with Zoom the other day, and it was teaching them and teaching the puppy, teaching completely different skills at the same time. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a lot. Yeah. We had a solution because God knows how long is it going to take place that we isolated and a lot of puppies and a lot of dogs needs help. A lot of foster dogs now. I help so many dogs get fostered, and they all need somebody to translate for them, somebody who's going to explain them for people. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just a misunderstanding. It's a miscommunication between human and canine, right? It's miscommunication between us and anybody. The biggest issue with any relationship, Maria, is when we don't, somebody doesn't hear the way we meant it 
oftentimes, or we don't even say it as good as we thought we did. So can you imagine if it's a different species altogether, you know, then it's that much more open to interpretations. Mm-hmm. So the, the main work that I do is truly be an interpreter between what a dog is truly communicating because the biggest misconception is that a dog wants to dominate us. When a dog does not want to dominate us in any way, shape or form, dog rely on us for everything, you know, for safety, for love, for connection. So all the six human needs that you and I studied with Tony Robbins, five of them apply to dogs. Can you explain those? Yes, the six needs that we all have as human beings, we all have those needs. They, they are a little bit different order for each one of us, but the needs are the need for certainty. They need to feel that we are safe. They need to feel that life is predictable, that not we have a friend who traveled to an, an airport and now there was a shooting in that airport. We will not be able to thrive if we don't have certainty. But we also need uncertainty because too much certainty, as we know these days, is boring. We are absolutely certain that if we stay at home, we're going to be safe, but it's too much certainty. We're actually bored because we need uncertainty. We need variety. Another need that we need is to have the need for belong to a community, to have love and connection where we fit in, where we have our family, we have our tribe, we have our church, whatever that may be. But within that, we also have the need, which is the opposite for significance, to stand out. So to be um, acknowledged for work that we are doing, for the mother that we are, for the girlfriends that we are, for the spouse that we are. So we have needs and the opposite. The last two needs for people are the need of the spirit, the need for growth. With summer upon us, friends, hair is going to be even more important. Yes, we've got humidity, we've got sun, we've got all kinds of things. And sometimes it's hard to find the right shampoo for your hair. Everyone's hair is so different. And there's no one-size-fits-all solution. That's why I love Way. They have different shampoos depending on your hair type. Want volume? Fine hair and conditioner will give you that extra oomph you need. If you need some moisture and a little extra bounce, find your happy medium with medium shampoo and conditioner. And for my peeps with thick hair like me, give your hair the hydration it deserves with thick hair shampoo and conditioner. Plus, you guys already know Way carries some of my favorite hair care products I use all the time, whether it's the leave-in conditioner, which is my go-to, or the hair oil. They give my hair this hydrating refresh all summer long. Wash your way to healthier hair. <laughs> See what I did there? With shampoos and conditioners made just for you. Go to the way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Use the code Squad for 15% off your entire purchase. That's theway.com, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Use the code Squad. Your hair deserves it. And when you look out at nature, at nature, everything, every blade of grass, is it growing or dying? Nothing stays the same. So every, every business, every relationship, us on a personal development, that's why I love so much your podcast because it's so much contributing to growth. We all need growth. Every relationship, every marriage, every parenting, we need to grow. The last need for humans is the need for contribution, to do something that is outside of ourselves. That's what makes our spirit sing. Five of those needs are the same with dogs. The last need of contribution Dogs do not have a need to contribute, but they do have a need for physical exercise. They must exercise. They get a lot from the interaction, from the play with each other. And oftentimes when people are calling me and they say, my dog is blah, 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 blah. The first thing that I do is I introduce them to the concept of the six needs 
and we're trying to see which of the needs a dog is not getting. Now, within those six needs, there are two needs who lead each person at that particular time. You know, like with your, what are your two needs that you lead with? Oh, gosh, I haven't thought about it since I was at his seminars years ago, but it was definitely um, probably at that time significance and certainty, which if those are your top two needs, you're going to have a lot of issues. And I had issues then. (laughs) You're not that that anymore. Yeah. You're absolutely, as your friend, I can tell you, your number one need is actually for contribution. When I see you, I know how you're looking to contribute to any person that you meet, to any dog that you adopt to any person with health or with anything. I know for myself when my life was, when I was going through a period of challenges, you and Kevin were at my home like no one else. So I know without any shadow of the doubt, the reason you are doing the podcast, everything that you do, Maria, and that's why I love you so much, is because his number one is contribution. And the second thing for you, I think is probably Either love and connection or growth. I think these two are interchanging. What do you yeah. agree? Yeah, I agree. That's definitely where I feel like I've gone. Thank you so much. That's so kind. I think, you know, that's why I was a little a little lost, right? Like we lose our way. And I think that's what it was before at some point, you know, growing up. And then, you know, you you lose your way. And so that was so great to be able to see those, identify it, and then say, okay, well, I need to switch up this recipe so that I can have a better cake. (laughs) Um, And it sounds like you do the same thing with the dogs. That's exactly right. And the last thing about the needs, you can meet a need either through the light pathway or through the dark, through the shadow pathway. Meaning you can be significant by creating uh, a charity, by, by creating a beautiful podcast, by mothering, by parenting in the most beautiful way. And your kids win awards and everything. Or you can be significant by being a jerk, like like being a criminal, going and shooting innocent people. All of a sudden, everybody's talking about you. You become significant. Mm-hmm. So when we come to dogs, they can, they're looking for to meet a need. That's all that they try to do. And what it is, all they have in their recipe book is what God put in them, the doggy instincts. So if we want to teach them how to not do that, we have to replace it. We cannot stop someone from having a need. It's impossible. We cannot erase. We must replace. And as people, as benevolent, as the grown-ups, we have to understand what the dog is trying to communicate to us, what need they're trying to meet. Most of the time it's variety, a little hint. And then let's see what, how can we do to give them variety, particularly at this time where everybody is stuck at home way more than normal. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show, Tamar, because, you know, I've had relationship experts on because we're stuck with our partners, right? And all problems are amplified when you're stuck with each other. And now that we're home with our pets, we're not ships passing in the night anymore. Hi, boo-boo, mama loves you. Okay. And now we're going to sleep. It's we're with each other 24-7. So I know in my house, Max is an angel. He's the greatest. Are you serious? Oh, no, he is the greatest. Tamar, God is so good, and he sent me the greatest gift in the world. Max is my everything. Um, It's it's beyond words. But Winnie, let's start with her. Winnie is so happy that we're home all the time. Yeah. And 
like when I say if she could float from her happiness, like she might start levitating. She's so happy. And the second that she doesn't get attention. And so now I've, I've done this thing where if I yell at her really hard, she'll stop. But I don't want to have to do that. But she is such a brat. So we'll start with Winnie. So who is the brat in this case? Who rewarded that behavior for how many years? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's kind of like I find it unfair where, <laughs> you know, we follow a certain recipe, we get a lemon cake and we upset at the cake why we didn't get a chocolate cake. Uh-huh. It's like, you follow that recipe. That is the outcome. So because we pick her up when she bitches, it's our problem. You got it. And you've been doing it for how long? I mean, how old is she? Like 10? Yeah. So, but like, she's obnoxious. She won't stop barking unless you pick her up. Yes, I know. But it's kind of like at age 10, honestly, it's going to be difficult to change your habit. I think she's nine, technically. Nine. But here's the (laughs) issue. The biggest issue that I have with dogs, with people, not with the dogs, I honestly, I see most dogs that I see are dogs with people problems. I don't see people with dog problems. I see dogs with people problems. <laughs> is that when a dog is quiet and doing nothing, they are being overlooked. They're being ignored because people are so in their head thinking, going over the to-do list, having a million things going on, that the dog has learned that the only time that they're going to be included, acknowledged, connected with is if they jump, if they bark, if they chew on something, if they pee in the wrong place. And I cannot blame the dog. It's not fair. So it is every time that I work with a person and we stop something, I'm saying, how can we honor that contract that your dog is saying, okay, I'm going to put my faith in you that I'm sitting the zipped you know, not saying a word, not barking, not whimpering, and you're going to actually going to come and talk to me. And somebody said, well, the dog wants it all the time. Okay, well, we can't give attention all the time. But how much attention can you give? And in between, can you give them something else to occupy them? So should I be giving Winnie treats when I see her sitting like a good girl in her bed? You can you can go and give her a treat, but you can also just sing song it and say, shush shush and go give her a kiss on her beautiful face you know you don't have to give a treat every time okay do give a treat make sure it doesn't have carbohydrates or sugar because that will make a dog hyper Mm -hmm. you don't want to give food that will make a dog hyper and then to say why you are annoying and hyper Mm -hmm. so So shush you say shush when they are quiet not when you want them to be quiet because you're reinforcing the bad behavior shush when they're actually quiet, because remember, dogs are, English is the second language. We have to teach them what it means. So if we say, shush, only when they're barking, they actually think that barking, that's what it means. Yeah. So you want to say, shush, and it's very important to say it in a very sing-songy tone of voice, because think when we're teaching our kids the ABC, we also do it in the same sing song it on a voice, A, B, C, D. And the reason for that, there's the biggest nerve in our body, the vagus nerve, people and dogs. And that nerve connects with the nervous system, with the sympathetic nervous system, is the biggest nerve in our brain. And the easiest way to relax, to calm down that nerve, is by lullabying, by saying it like a mantra. 
by meditating and doing the OM thing, that is the equivalent when we're saying shush, sit, sit, down, down. And you're telling it to your dog when they're being good and you can give a treat every so often. Variety, remember? And need mm-hmm. is a variety. Every so often, you can give a jackpot every so often. And But it's important to acknowledge them when they're being good with any relationship, whether it's with your spouse, with your child, with a girlfriend, with a coworker, with your dog. In order to the relationship to survive, you have to have five compliments, five acknowledgement, acknowledgement to one word of criticism just to survive. If you want any relationship to thrive, it's got to be 25 to one. But it's, it may sound like a lot of work, Maria, but here's wow. the good news. I got to start complimenting Kevin more, my mom more, everybody. And Steven, shoosh, shoosh, Steven. Did you see Steven? As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. It's been quiet for so long. Good shoosh, Steven. <laughs> I need a treat. <laughs> You know, but what is the good news about having to say it so often is that, um, is that, uh, so the good news about having to say 25 to 1, Maria, is what I call gratitude in action. We all know that to write in our journal a gratitude thing a couple of times a day or maybe in the morning. What's happening? This is not about writing it. This is actually noticing it, verbalizing it and connecting with the person or the dog in our life. When we do that, people want to be with the people who sees them. We all want to be seen. We all want to be acknowledged. We all want to be loved, to be appreciated. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a beautiful ball that keep growing because we're constantly looking for what is working which is the opposite of what our nervous system wants to do, particularly when we are nervous, is to notice what's not working. Mm-hmm. So it's a discipline to get ourselves into a place of what is working, what is beautiful, even if it's nothing, even if you just like somebody's you know, button on the shirt that they wore today, acknowledge that. Find something to acknowledge because you train your nervous system to be grateful and all of a sudden you are less irritated. Unless things irritate you. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So that's Winnie. We have so many questions from people. I'm going to, I'm going to give one more example because I know that my examples will definitely be someone else's examples. William. <clears throat> I haven't met yet. You haven't met William yet? No. Tomorrow. William's been here a really long time. 
Oh, you got, you went through a period where you didn't have help and couldn't leave. You were already isolated in your house for a long time before this. Okay. Okay. So William, they, they think he was like a Bichon poodle mix, whatever. I think he's got a little, um, uh, Jack Russell or something. Cause he does little spins, but anyhow, William, he is so sweet, such a lover. However, it's like, he's a watchdog. He hears or he sees, I mean, the littlest shadow behind the gate of our walls. And Ugh. it's like, bah, 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 bah. Uh, yesterday I was laying down napping and I had him, he was on my chest and he's such a good cuddler, but he won't just sit there and sleep. I had to try to cover his face with the pillow so he wouldn't see anything, but he still is on such high alert and he scares the shit out of me. So this dog is amazing, but he barks like a psycho because he's always on high alert. Okay. So this is not a dog problem. This is also a people problem. Because what does make somebody be on alert? They're feeling safe or they're feeling that and danger is looming behind anything. I felt really safe. I was sitting on my couch. I was relaxed. I had the fireplace on. I was trying to calm down from like some of the stuff I had been seeing with my mom that was making me sad. I was I was not in a fearful place. No, not you, him. And what happened is what you're saying, what you're seeing is not has not started with you. His nervous system, his nervous system is now trained. Okay, it's like dialed in into looking for anything that might hurt him. Mm. He wasn't born that way. He was not born that way. When you're puppies, chances are you are not on that high alert. Things have happened in his life where the nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system that takes charge is either into freeze when you're feeling threatened, into flight, taking off or into fight. Particularly if he has any Jack Russell in him, he will be more probably leaning towards the fight and it doesn't totally fight but it's to it means to the best defense is offense Mm -hmm. and what happened is if we correct a dog without first trying to help them out we're actually they're already stressed out the nervous the sympathetic nervous system which the vagus nerve connect to that i just talked about and if we correct them they feel more stressed because not only the perceived stress was there also, they are now distressed from the person that they love. So what I do is I dial back and try to identify what are the trigger points. Now, there is a caveat. And some dogs enjoy barking for the sake of barking because it does release endorphin in the body and endorphin feels good. So some dogs bark because they are bored, because it just feels good. Most of the time when they just sit and look for something and something moves and they bark, tells me that they have had bad experience, traumatic experience, and now we have to go. And of course, the first thing that we do in order to calm down the vagus nerve is the diet. We make sure they don't get simple carbohydrates, they don't get legumes, and they don't get anything that will convert into sugar because we know that the the microbiome, that the tummy is 80% communicating to the vagus nerve, which communicate with the nervous system. So the first thing is we have to clean the diet. That's the first thing. The second thing is to start to see what is triggering them and to try to recreate it in small doses and then to sing songy 
courage, courage, or it's a friend, 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 or ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. And to do it in repetitions, you know, so they learn to start to have a different meaning, meaning reframe something that is going to be absolutely chances for danger to, oh, I don't know, I don't need to bark as much. So maybe at first we're going to cut down his barking from that intense to less intense, that often to less often, and then you continue to do it. But what we're talking, we're talking about healing for Mm. dogs, therapy for dogs, nothing to do with training. Training is teaching a language. Learning a language does not help you heal. You can speak 12 languages and still have fear of starting a conversation when you go into a party and you don't know people over there. So knowing you know, knowing words doesn't mean that it's helping a dog or a person heal something that is a trigger for them. Yeah. Well, when you don't know a dog's history, right, because you adopt them, you don't know what they've gone through. But for him, I'm sure he had to be on high alert because people were not kind to him. So I'm going to try the, you know, ignore it and I'm going to pat him and I'm going to love him so that he feels safe. And hopefully that will help because... I don't think us screaming at him has been working. Oh, We're so. like, William, stop it. <laughs> it's not. not working. People telling me you cannot be rewarding a dog who is misbehaving. I'm not rewarding the misbehaving. I'm looking at the why the misbehaving happened. Misbehaving in quotes. It happened. It's kind of like when you see somebody losing their mind when they're so upset. You know, uh, you first have to see why they're so upset. To see if it's legit or just they're being entitled. Most dogs are not being entitled. Most dogs truly are living life from a place of uh, protectiveness. When you've been to trauma, your number one priority is to protect yourself Mm -hmm. more than to connect. That is just the nervous system about survival. So the first thing I would like people to understand is look at the six needs. See what your need is need. In his case, what need is he trying to get? Love. No. When he's barking at something, what is he trying to achieve? Certainty. That's exactly right. Yeah. His need for certainty is being violated at yeah. that moment. To feel safe. Yeah. Do you understand? So he's not trying to challenge you. He's not being dominant. He's just in needs for, cer- for certainty, for safety. He's not being met right now. And that's why what you want to do is to try to identify and literally make a list of everything that triggers him and kind of like to create a vaccine for that, meaning you take what triggers him, you reduce it, you reduce it. So let's say if leaves, take him to where leaves are, move one leaf at a time, move them, few of them, jump on them until he's going to realize, oh, leaves are not a threat. What is it else that causes him to be, you know, to be on high alert? Mm-hmm. Question is, how can we help you, William? Once you know that he's not reactive and he's doing it just because he's enjoying it, then you have to look at, does he get enough growth? Does he have enough variety? Is there enough things going on in his life or he's so bored out of his mind that he's giving himself projects? Yeah. How many times you see people who cannot connect with a, with a loved one through a conversation so they start a fight because a fight is a connection. Mm-hmm. Very Remember, true. Through the light or through the shadow. Yeah. Yeah, so, it's it's so interesting because I think they also are here to kind of amplify things that we need to work on, mm. right? And so for me, when I see Winnie 
she's so terrified. If something like a noise happens, she's terrified. And I've always had similar traumas. And and with William, he's he's just like me where I am on high alert. Like, oh, something, there was a noise outside. What could it be? Is, is someone is someone on the property? Is someone, you know what I mean? Like you, so they're just magnifying my issues back to me, I feel like, um, as well. A hundred percent. I truly believe, and that's what my whole method, the love dog is based on, that I believe that dogs are God's gifts to humanity to help us understand ourselves, understand others better, instead of judging ourselves, judging others. And I believe that this quarantine time is one of the best things to reframe, you know, how to understand our dog. I really truly believe because if we can understand our dog better, which we have no doubt that they have pure hearts, Mm -hmm. then we can understand other people better because with people, sometimes you are not so sure. Yeah. If the motives are, you know, as pure. So dogs are absolutely our teachers. I really believe, you know, that when we learn the tools to understand and connect and empower a dog to be the best version of themselves, that's when it happens in all our relationship. And that's when we truly fulfill our purpose here on earth. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, we have to get to some questions because we have so many questions and um, cool. we don't have a lot of time. So, so Jeff, why don't you start rifling off some questions from our Instagram to Tamar? I would love to. And first of all, Tamar, this is incredible stuff. This is my first time really going all in on the love dog method. And I'm seeing this isn't only about dogs. This is about our relationships with anyone. This is just incredible stuff. So I just want to throw that in there. Um, so this comes from Maria's Instagram. We actually reached out to you guys. We had some amazing responses and questions. TMJ301 asks, will our dogs be depressed when we all go back to work after the quarantine? What a great question. And I believe the dogs will be depressed. I absolutely believe the dogs will be depressed because they are thrive on love and connection. They're thriving on it. So it's, it's actually very important to have plans on what can you do to teach your dog not to feel that when you leave the house, it's the, it's the end of the day. So when you're going to go back to work, the first thing you want to do is don't make a fuss when you leave the house, meaning don't start crying that you are leaving the dog behind. What you want to do is you want to come up with um, yummy stuffed toys and put, and, and right before you leave, show the dog all the stuffed toys that you're going to have stuffed them with great proteins, great vegetables. Remember, no sugary, no simple carbohydrates, no legumes. Um, Stuff those toys and put them all around the house, but the dog cannot get them. Put your dog in a stay. Ask your dog to stay. Show them all the toys. And then only when you close your front door behind you, that's when you're going to say, no more, go search. Go search. So then your dog is like, instead of experiencing the loss and the depression of you now living, they have a projects to do to find these toys and then work on getting the goodies out of these toys. That's incredible. That. That's an amazing answer. Uh, Billy from Los Angeles says, I'm less patient with my dog now that I'm with him all the time. How can I work on this? Well, that is a great opportunity because it's kind of like, um, I think what's happening is that when we are stuck, anytime you lock animals up, and we are animals, people are animals too, whatever our natural tendency is can increase by 40%. 
That's how when people fight, the worst fights happening when people driving in a car because they are locked in, they can't get out. So right now you're upset with your dog because I think your own nervous system and very understandably so is actually on high alert. The biggest thing is to make sure is why you're upset with your dog. Try to go to the six core needs, the six basic needs. What is the dog trying to communicate with you? And if he's not communicating his need in the way that you would like, can you, as the parent, as the parent, parent, teach the dog what would you like them to do instead? If it was a toddler and they were doing something that you didn't like, you can correct them all day long. But if you don't teach them the alternative, they might not know about that alternative that it's possible. I can tell you that as a foreigner, I come across this situation where when I first came to this country, I went shopping with new girlfriends and one of them tried on clothes and they asked everybody, does it make me look, does it, does it make me look fat? And everybody said no. And I looked at her and I said, yes. <laughs> and everybody was horrified. Why would I say? But that was the truth. Nobody was saying it. And they didn't like my answer. And I thought that I have options either to lie or I would not have girlfriends until one of them told me a third option that me as a foreigner could not think about which was ask her to try other outfits and then choose something that you do like. It's the same for your dog. Getting irritated, and I know with them, doesn't help not you or the dog. Find what it is that you want. Don't assume that your dog knows and teach them the alternative that will be better fitting for you and teach it with compassion and turn it as much as possible into a game. It's a great, I love that. Um, A-L-A-D-Y-I 21 says, my dog loves my mobile groomer. Is it safe for my dog to get groomed by my mobile groomer without precaution Ooh, right now? Good question, because I called our mobile groomer too, and apparently they are um, they get into trouble if they come out. I know. I called groomers too because I have a couple of labradoodles here, and the undercoat is matted. Matted, and I'm afraid that a lot of dogs going to have to be shaved at the end of this. Because, yeah, groomers are not supposed to come and groom your dog right now. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary. We also have another question from Christy, which I, I thought was interesting at first, but then I thought about it. Do our dogs know that there's a pa- pandemic going on right now? And I will say, I think our dogs know something's up because... Yeah. So Kevin feeds the dogs, and Tamar, you're going to love this. You probably already know this. But Kevin has spoiled them so deeply that when he goes to feed them, Max will not eat unless Kevin hand feeds him. Why are you kidding me? And and so he has to go in with the spatula and hand feed him. And I go, Kevin, you're what are you doing? You're ruining our dogs. And so meanwhile, he's listening right now and he texted me a picture. He's like, here's me and Winnie on our he has Winnie on a dog bed in his office on his desk. And he's like, Me and Winnie are listening and we don't give an F. Obviously he's kidding. But I love- Kevin. He was oh, he fe- he was feeding him with the spatula. And I said, "You know what, Kevin? He doesn't do that. He doesn't pull that shit with me." And no. I I go in and I I sit there and I say, "Eat, eat." And he looks at me and he's like, "Aren't you going to give me the spatula, mom? Dad gives me the spatula." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm not giving you the spatula. Eat your food or I'm going to take it and you're not going to get it." So, yes. what's happened literally overnight? This pandemic happened. We're all home. They licked their bowls clean. And it was the day I said, 
you know, we might have to start cutting back their portions a smidge because who knows if stores are going to close and we're not going to have supplies and whatever. We need to like really maybe just take, you know, we all overfeed our dogs. We had Dr. Barbara Royal on and she even admitted it. She's like, we all overfeed our dogs. So I said, we might have to start. I said that. And the next day, no one needed to be hand fed. No one even left their bowl. Max was starting to do this thing where he would eat a bite. Then he would demand to go outside and we'd have to let him go outside. Then he'd come back and he'd play this whole game with us. No games anymore. So I believe they know Christy. Um, And Christy's from Arkansas, by the way. But what do you think, Tamar? I think that they know something is up. I don't think they understand the concept of pandemic, but they do know that something is up. Absolutely. Dogs are very much, very sensitive to energy very sensitive to energy. So they are sensitive to our attention. They're sensitive to our nervousness. They, they feel, I mean, there's vibration in the earth. There's vibration in everything. Dogs are not speaking a language, words with each other. They read, they read body language mm-hmm. and vibration. So they know something is up 100%. Meanwhile, I got another text from my husband that says, I commented that this is one of the best episodes for humans and dogs too. Please say that on the air. Winnie and I do care. <laughs> oh, you know, you know that I love your husband like he's my brother. You know, I love him so much. Um, we have another question from Shannon. Uh, my dog will not let me clip his nails. How do I get him relaxed enough to clip them? And I will give a quick piece of advice to this. Um, I actually, when I'm nervous, because I I cut our dog's nails from time to time when they need to be done, because I can see the vein and I can cut before I get to the vein. But if you can't see the vein, I file them. And that's yes. a really safe way to do it. But I don't know what you suggest, Tamar. They have that file that is electric file. Oh, wow. For like big dogs? Electric, yes. <clears throat> so, you know, like when you go to the manicure place, they use it. Mm-hmm. You can use the same thing for dogs. They file like that. But there's another good product called Zen, uh, like Zen scissors for dogs or something. I think it's Z-E-N. And what it is, it's easier to clip your dog's nail. But that is not the question even. The question is she can't even get close to the nails. Why? Because there was probably trauma that happened in the past. Trauma changes our life. Mm-hmm. Trauma makes us protect versus connect. Okay, so the first thing she needs to teach the dog is that anytime she touches the paws, the, the dog's paws, the dog's nails with her hands, no scissors inside, something good happened. So there's a treat and then she walks away and give it a name, like manicure, you know, and give a treat and walk away. And it may take months to do because if there was a lot of pain associated with that, that's going to be a while. So first, just with bare hands. Then to go with a good quality, either the filer, the electric filer, or the Zen scissors, and just to touch, give treat, take away. Touch, treat, treat, take away. And then until there's no issue. And then when, when you cut the nails, don't do all, all 20 nails. Do only one. Give loads of treats and walk away. So what it is, it's first the teaching that you can trust again. You can trust that you're not going to get hurt. So it's to build the trust. That's what it's about. I love it. Tamara, thank you so much. This has been very informative, very helpful. 
Um, and, um, Jeff, if we have some really great questions that we weren't able to get to, maybe we can have Tamar answer them. We can put them on online for everybody so that everybody feels like they got their help. Um, if you guys want to know more about Tamar, she has an amazing podcast called life with dogs on iHeartRadio. It's going to premiere in June. Um, and once life goes, when life goes back to normal, I'll be on it as well. (laughs) We were about to, and then the world just changed very quickly. I work with William and Max. Yeah, I know. I can't wait. Um, but you also have your, your books, um, and you're doing virtual consultation. So where can everyone find you? Uh, on Instagram, the loved dog. My website, The Loved Dog, L-O-V-E-D-D-O-G. Two Ds. Dog. Um, Tamar, thank you so much. Love you. So nice to see you. Love you, my honey. All right. Thank you. So it's a doggy dog world. Um, and I thought that was amazing. But now it sounds like, Jeff, we have located Dorinda. Is she okay? We, we have her. She's okay. And she's in the waiting room. So if you're ready for her, we can bring her on in. Let's chat with Dorinda. Let's go from dogs to housewives. Chats. I love it. Does um, Dorinda have a dog? Guys, I feel like she does. She used to. Okay. So, um, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Lucy was her dog. We lost her in uh, 2018. But Dorinda, I think we have you. Can you hear us, Dorinda? We see you. She's going to, she's got to join with computer audio. Perfect. Okay. Dorinda, click that join with computer audio button so we can hear you. We can't hear you right now. Uh, we're close. Perfect. Connecting audio. And here we go. Hi. Hi. You look beautiful. Oh, wow. I'm embarrassed. Thank I've got, I've got you. My full, I've got my full aerobics on. So. Look at you. You look like you're like about to go to WrestleMania. You know, like I was watching WrestleMania yesterday and everyone's so hyper colorful and, you know, it's perfect. I love it. Well, I got to I got to, you know, do something to stay up and keep the audience up and it makes people happy. I don't know how fit they're getting from it, but we do laugh our asses off. So that's what matters. so this is aerobics. This is my aerobics. I don't know if you remembered it when I did it on the uh, show. But at, then did it at BravoCon and I had a relife. Andy t- fell in love with this. So I started to do it for all these different places like LinkedIn and Comcast. And it just sort of has, you know, it's not really about the full working out. It's about listening to 80s music, laughing, feeling good. And it was so funny when this whole thing happened. I thought, isn't that what we're just trying to do? Yeah, well, we need to. All these women that lived in assisted living all came to the front row and were all dressed up in 80s outfits and, and literally did the whole class with me. It was hysterical. That's so cute. I've never seen it. So is it like... Oh, I'll, send you, I'll send you some tape. Is it like laugh. bodies in motion, like 80s aerobics? It's 80. I used to be a huge aerobics teacher. I did not know this. Yeah. So I tried out for Dance Fever. Then the guy that I lost Dance Fever to, I was a huge competitor with in the 80s because it was how I made extra money in New York. You know, I've always been a hustler. So when I came to New York, I was like, God, what can I do to make extra money? So you remember aerobics, step, Dynaband, that was, and I took to it like a fish to water. So I decided, and this is my emblem, look, isn't it hysterical? You are so hilarious. (laughs) So we do it in the morning. I do a live with my fans and we, I have all these great. And then I try to post my eighties track. So they all have it. And, um, it's more about just, it's very simple moves, you know, 
just it's 80s memes you know how it was when we used to well you're young no no but that's what i'm saying is that like i remember growing up and i would see bodies in motion you know you'd like step up and you like i based my whole sort of calisthenics part on jane fonda's video yeah oh my god so funny i want to take aerobics maybe on friday oh join us what time do you do it we we laugh hysterically i stopped last week because i hurt my shoulder again i i noticed with all this housework very strenuous you're really like living the true housewife life now (laughs) i am i'm so busy i'm so stressed out hannah's like people are like oh are you bored i'm like bored i gotta get back to new york and be bored because you realize especially i don't know what it's like in la but in new york you delegate everything you're like oh i need to change that light bulb i'm gonna call task rabbit you know someone shows up twenty dollars yeah, you're right. I guess New York living is is a lot different, I think, because you do you have to right. you have to get your stuff delivered. I mean, you're not probably going to Target. Things are coming from Target. I find it fascinating when I come up to the Berkshires and I can go shopping in a big grocery store, just the whole dynamic of that shopping thing, because we just don't have that in New York. Are you going shopping right now? I do once a week. I go early in the morning. I go. We have a great place called Big Y. They fumigate it at night. I've become friends with every single one of them. I have been friends with them for years because it's my place up here. And I grew up here, remember? So I'm kind of like a local in my mind still. And I go about 6.45 when it opens. I go with the mask, the gloves, the whole thing. Wipe down your thing. I have a list for my mom and dad, a list for me. I get it all done. I drop it at my parents' house because like you, I'm very close to my parents, but I can't see them. So we've had a wave. It's very emotional. You know, the thing that's amazing about this time is you realize like even though I see my parents every day, which has been such a blessing, I can't touch them. I know. I know. I'm like, I, I can't hug my parents. I've been saying I am a big hugger in life in general. I I'm love- Italian Polish. Yeah. So for me, not getting to hug people is sad. And if you grow up like in, in a big ethnic family like we did, I mean, it's all about the, I mean, I've never not hugged my mom and held her hand, said, you know, if I go right in the first day, they sit with my mother, we talk, we talk, we, you know, so it's a weird dynamic. It's like my mother has a, a, a wall, a presenting wall that I never knew because, you know, we, we have that kind of family. So, you know, I'm like, hey, mom, she's like, hey, Dorinda, and I'm like, I cry every time. Every time I drop grocery off, I end up crying. Wow. And where are they living? Crying. I'm like, I don't know. Because, you know, we're always, I'm sure it's like this for you, Maria. I, it's the Concord back to youth whenever I'm with my parents. I'm not Dorinda Medley. I'm not Dorinda Lynch. I'm Dorinda Sincala, the girl that grew up on 8 Ramsey Avenue. And that's the dynamic I still will have with them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. My parents are living with me. Um, and we're still keeping our distance because How is your mom, I heard she's doing good. Great. Her tumor has shrunk down to almost nothing. It's like a little crumb. So that's been good where we have, you know, physical and cognitive issues that are challenging. Um, so that's been tough, but, um, but in terms of the actual like tumor, we're doing really well. Um, but you know, when you have somebody who has stage four cancer in your life and you can't hug them. It's not fun and like that fear of could they get infected and then and you when you see that it can happen overnight 
and all of a sudden they're gone and you're like, I didn't even get to hug them. It's, it's, it's a lot that goes into my head. And that's why I think you're crying when you see your parents and you know, you can't hug them because you just never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Never. And I think that's been the stark reality of all this, that we are just human. Like we, we think of ourselves as these people that are, you know, we're going to be here forever. Even today, I was walking by the graveyard and I was thinking, that's become a real place for people now again. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we, we forget just mortal. We're not immortal. And this life we live, especially, you know, with all the Instagram, it kind of immortalizes everybody to think they're bigger, better, faster. Yes. Yeah. I got the chills when you just said that. And I got the chills for a couple of reasons. One, why weren't we thinking like that before, right? Your parents are safe in a house. They're safe in there. They weren't safe when they were crossing the street, getting in their car. We had so much more risk before, right? And we didn't think about it like that. The other thing I thought of really quickly was something I've been seeing trending today And that is that they are preparing in New York City to bury people in the parks, like Central Park. Did you hear that? I also heard that they contracted, uh, the government is contracting huge refrigerating companies for the first time ever, just in case they have to deal with that. So the disease of potential death doesn't become bigger than whatever we're trying to fight right now. And that's the big thing. We're all like, what are we fighting here? Because one minute we're flouncing around New York. I was at broad I was at a Broadway show six on a Monday, no, a Saturday night. I was in full quarantine that Thursday. What happened? It was like so, you know, this is we we were so ill prepared physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and, you know, in every way, how to deal with your family, your daughter, your food, the things, you know, it's a different world. And I don't think it's ever going back. I said to my friend, Greg Clay, who was staying with me, one of my oldest and best friends, I think these masks, I don't know about you, but when I would be in like Chinatown or somewhere and I would see people with masks and I think, ah, what's wrong? Wait, wait a second. Like I would take it personally. Little did I know they were doing it for us because they were protecting themselves so they didn't get you sick. Now the mask is going to be like wearing a pair of sunglasses. I think I might wear a mask all the time if I go to a big public space. I mean, even when this is over. Yeah, I agree. I think that it's going to change a lot because I think we're going to be much more um, cognizant of you know, we're touching so many things that other people are touching, door handles in public places, and, you know, they're not being washed. And so we're going to have to be more careful um, when we're sick not to go to work, whereas before it was a badge of honor. I never call out sick. I'm always there. We're going to have to be more cognizant of that. Something else that's coming to my mind right now, Dorinda, is, you know, there was something trending this weekend, and I wish I could remember what it was. It was it was very like anti celebrity, right? And you know, in these times where people are losing their jobs, you know, and 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 in very very dire situations, it's very easy to look up and and hate on people who have stuff. But I also say you can't assume that everyone is fine, and so I wonder has has this concerned you financially are you worried about your financial future 
Well, we have had, we've been vetted to dress the hustle, everything. We, what I've been trying to do, and I think I've always tried to do, and we've talked about this actually before, because one of the nicest things that ever happened with you and Kevin is when you had me on your your show the first year, I was like, really? I mean, it was, <laughs> and we talked a lot about being real and stuff and trying to be seamless. And I try to, listen, I have a blessed life, but I also try to let the world see all, all sides of my life because I think the thing that celebrity is now going to have to be careful of is all that baloney that's not true. I think that celebrity is, you know, is, it's changing, not just celebrity, but any of these super bloggers, super people, Instagram, that five billion followers, that they're, if you're not real going forward now and you're not seamless and you're not showing all sides, I think you guys saw this when I made a little poke at Ramona a couple of weeks ago when she was cleaning her house in her lingerie. So the next day I pretend to clean my house in my lingerie and the audience went crazy because it is going to be very important now to be real because it is uncertain times for everyone. And no one knows what really is going on behind closed doors financially in marriages in any part until you have to go through something like this. And unless people are very real and real vulnerable and very honest, I think you're going to see a huge fallout rate. Yeah. Can I, I hop in with that, Maria? I have a quick question yeah. on that. Um, I just watched the premiere of Roni this um, season. It looks like it's going to be incredible. That sort of philosophy seems like it might have been what was driving the tension between you and Tinsley. Is that right? I, if you want to know what's so funny about that? I had had, uh, Maria, I'd had a year where last if last year, this time my house was closed down. I had a million dollars worth of damage to this place, my, my home, Bluestone Manor. And I've been on such a hamster wheel since Richard died of doing, keeping, trying to keep up, trying to, to, to be my and Richard's house, keep it going, do the show, run, run, run. And when the house flooded for three days straight, I was at Andy Cohen's baby shower. And I came back in January, okay, to a dark, damp, lifeless home. Something emotionally broke. It wasn't even the financial thing. I was like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, I, I it, it, it really washed so much away that I had, when I came back to the show and I, this house was still not open and I, I, I then broke my rib. I think it was God. I know saying stop. Mm -hmm. Then I I'm going through, I, I really started to examine my relationship with John, with my friends, with my religion. Like what's important. Am I going to keep this house? Why am I keeping this house? And my daughter, Hannah said something really significant to me one day. Cause I'm a type of person that was raised to not really show vulnerability, toughen up, keep the hustle going. You know, I'm fine. And so I'd wake up in the morning, like, what am I doing? What, what am I, what, what am I doing in my life? All angles. And Hannah said to me one day, mom, no matter, think about what you're going to do, but if you're going to keep this house, I want you to just stop and start really in this next phase, owning it yourself. Stop calling it your own Richard's house. Stop being frustrated with situations. If you don't like them, you need to start having a better voice for someone that's so verbal. I sometimes don't show my truthful voice. And I just decided one day in the house with no electricity, no heat, freezing cold and stuff, I'm going to keep this place. I'm going to make it my place. And I'm going to use this not only to reconstruct my house, 
but reconstruct me. Because I've earned this. I've earned it. I've gone through a lot. I kept this show on the road. Now I'm going to do me and I'm going to be ruthlessly selfish about my time, about what I want in my life, about who I want in my life, and call things out when I hear. If I don't like it, I'm going to tell you, I don't like it. You don't like me for it? Okay, that's fine. I'm 55. We, we don't need to be in each other's life. And it's strange that you're going to see that on the show. And I'm sure I'm, a lot of times I'm not going to come off as great, but that's what I was going through at the time. Mm. So um, hopefully people will look at it as a learning tool. What happens now with the show? I mean, the show is airing, but, you know, the next season of filming is unknown, right? Like everything in Hollywood. So how how will you subsist when you're used to making that income? Well, I think that um, the good we were, it was incredibly timings, everything fortuitous that our show aired now. Thank God. We don't start filming till the end of August. Um, so hopefully we'll be back in some norm. But if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. You've got to make the changes and you've got to keep it moving. What are you, you thinking do? ahead for that? Are, are you thinking ahead for worst case scenario? No, because I think that at the end of the day, you can plan as much as you can plan and it never turns out the way you're fearful about or how you plan. You know, you, they say, you plan it, God changes it. You yeah. know what I mean? So I'm just I, I'm trying to be much better. And, and I, I'll tell you the truth, Brian. I woke up yesterday morning with hives. And I, I it was the first time through this whole thing where I had a little bit of that ug feeling, like a little fearful, a little anxious. The unknown was getting to me. And I, I had to really deal with it and, and say, you know, there's nothing I could do. You, you, you don't know what's going to happen. You just got to keep going day by day. And I did that thing where I went to bed at like seven 30. I'm like, I give up. <laughs> yeah. You know, those days where you're like, I'm not even going to try to pretend I ate at five or seven 30. I said, I'm done. I need to be done with this day. And I woke up this morning and I got out of bed and had my coffee outside. And here's today. The bills are paid for today. Everybody seems to be quite happy with the show. I think it's a great distraction. It's very weird watching it because mentally we're in such different places. You know, I was a little worried about that, but I think people, thank God, are using it more as a distraction than uh, than anything else. And I'm just hoping, I think if we do start filming at the end of August, that this is going to be a huge part of our, I think the bigger question is, how is it going to change the next season. Mm. Yeah. People are going to attract very different people. Especially this in New York. This isn't four months, five months. This is a life change. And Cuomo watching, I don't know if you guys saw that video Cuomo put out. You'll ball your eyes out. In the middle of having a bad day yesterday, Cuomo put out this video about New York and who we are as New Yorkers. I was like, now I'm done. Yeah, I know. I, I'm already getting <laughs> no. the chills just thinking about it. I wonder, you know, I told you about the the plan that they are hopefully not going to have to enact, but how would you go to Central Park and feel if you knew that they had pe- buried people there? Would it still have the same well, vibe you for know, you? During, no. You know, during the yellow fever time, Washington Park, the reason they only have surface flowers is because there's tons of bodies buried in Washington Park uh, because of the yellow fever. Oh, wow. I um, didn't know that. And 
I am surprised by that because I would be, uh, A, I didn't hear it, but B, I'd be surprised because I do think that would change one of our most central. I mean, we as New Yorkers really utilize the park. It's just part of our life. It's a basic need. It's like water and food. It is. I mean, everybody goes to the park. You know, where do you want to do? Let's go to the park. Let's walk through the park. Let's eat in the park. You know, let's do any to the west side. Want to walk through the park? So I'd be very surprised if that's not sort of a last resort type of thing. You know what I mean? Because I think it would change. Would definitely change it for me. What are your biggest fears about this whole coronavirus and quarantine time? The it's a funny thing. I'm not so much worried about getting it as a, a per, per, I'm worried about all the people that are now coming to the first of the month and really realizing that this is their life now, their new reality. And at the end of my street where my parents live, there's usually a bunch of um, uh, workers that do day work um, and they, you know, you can hire them to do yard work. And my father always talks to them and has a coffee with them. I said to my dad the other day, you know, they don't understand a word you're saying. Oh, yeah, they do. I said, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> he has this whole thing with them. Now they had a sign up the other day that said, we work for food. Oh. Yeah, I lost you for a second there. Oh, that's we horrible. We work for food. Now, that's going to be people's reality. Single mothers. I don't know if you watched 60 Minutes last night. So that, once you, and they said, what's your biggest fear? She said, that I'll be homeless in three months. We, these are real things. My life might change, but I'm still going to have a home. I'm still going to be able to eat. You know, the basic fears aren't going to happen. But I think that the fallout of just so many people that haven't had the ability to prepare for this is going to be tremendous. And I worry about the sort of social backlash of that and maybe potential anger. Yeah. You know, I share so, that, you know, I really do. And, 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 and you, it makes you feel helpless, you know, it makes you feel helpless in the process. Have you been because seeing isolating? I'm like, Oh, I'll go work at a suit. Oh, I can't. Oh, I'll go. Di- oh, I can't. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- no, I know it's, it's a tricky thing. Like I have felt like my hands have been a little tied because I want to go out and help, but I know that. I'm coming home to my sick parents and I can't. So, you know, I'm. So there's this selfish element and then this fearful element and then this, you know, sort of if you're a community person element, all these things you're, you're, you're constantly conflicted with. Like, even when I do my, I'm trying to every day do an Instagram live for my fans just to touch base. I just think, you know, it's something we should be doing. Or I'll do an Instagram story, but I'm I'm very careful about. Uh, did that look too joyful? Do I look too happy? Do should I don't don't wear that? Like you know, today I got a box from Neiman Marcus uh, with makeup in it because we, we might have to do our interviews here, and I had a Neiman Marcus gift card, and I really made it very clear to my audience when Hannah was videotaping. I, I had a gift card. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. I, I, I'm not shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was like, wow. Yeah. Because it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder when you talk about like the fear of backlash, are you worried that if this goes on long enough, there'll be security issues? I do. Yeah, me too. I do. I really 
really do. I, 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 I think, you know, when does that system become overwhelmed? When, when does the system, when there's huge outbreaks of, you know, people get angry when they're poor and they're hungry and they're trying people, including myself, you, you know, as a mother that was a single mother for years, you would do anything if you had to. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder and what are you going to do when you call that 911 and they don't pick up because they're overwhelmed. Then what? Well, then what kind of social resocializations in that? But thank God we're not thinking about that yet. But I sort of, I, I'll tell you the weirdest thing. I, the other day was, I was thinking, do I have enough security in this house? I've never thought that. In yeah. 15 years almost of living in this house, I have never thought that. I consciously keep all the doors locked every day. I just have the doors open all the time, the gate open. I'm very conscious of that. Isn't that kind of sad? And I'm ashamed to say it in a way. Yeah, no, but it's it's real and it's and it's true. I would lie. I would be a liar if I didn't say I, I shared the same concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, it's a scary time for everybody. And I, I asked you about your financial future because when I I believe that most people live close to their their budgets, right? Like to their means. You make this, you spend just about that pretty much, right? There are people who save more than others. Um, but you know, we all live up beyond our- at least we- up to our means or beyond our means. And so I know for myself, I'm really thinking, okay, well, what if I can't work for a year? How am I going to Take care of my family. I want want to plug this in. I'm going to take you for a walk in my house. But sorry about this, you guys. Don't get mad. But my, for some reason, my battery is not charging. No worries. As long as you have reception, we'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I've got to tell you something. After I went through uh, the, not that this is an issue, but I went through that terrible. Hold on. Give me a second, folks. No worries. We're getting you to see your cute shirt. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here we go. After I went through that terrible time with uh, Richard, and after he died eight years ago, that was a big reset for me. I was no longer like you know Mrs. Bethy, and I really had had changed it up. And I got to tell you, when I took the job with the housewives, I was like, I'm going to really try to save and invest as much as this income because. I realized how quickly it can go wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I went from one day shopping at Oscar, being Mrs. Medley, living in a townhouse, to wait a second, he's, he's gone. So, and also too, you know, my, my, my parents, like I'm sure your parents, they're such a great, I said to my mom the other day, are you okay? She goes, oh, we're fine. Our life's no different than it is really without the quarantine. Your father and I, they, didn't, they never went out to eat. They never had credit card bills. You know what I mean? We have to start thinking like that again, that money shouldn't be so disposable. Exactly. Not wasteful. That was another thing. I was writing a journal entry yesterday about one of the things that was really important after I had surgery and my life changed completely was really redefining success in this country, right? And I think that, you know, shows like yours have definitely made people want more, and think that they're not successful right. if they don't have fabulous things. And I think that it is a really important time to reset and redefine success. If we can pay our bills, we get to own our home or our condo or whatever it not is. Not have debt. 
not have debt, take your vacation a year and, and live a simpler life. That is success. If you have your health and your loved ones, what more do you need? And this is what this time is really showing us. It's the health of us and our loved ones is the number one thing. And then from there, if we can live without fear in terms of paying our bills every month, live below our means, save a little, be able to take a vacation, have enough in the bank in case of a rainy day, then we're good. And be, and be happy about being where you are. You know, we as New Yorkers are famous for paying the highest rent ever, but somehow every Friday we have to leave New York. Leave, leave, go somewhere else, do something else. Where are you going? How are you going? What are you doing for Christmas? What are you doing for Easter? What are you doing? Enough. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it really is going to be interesting to see that reset because I think people have realized if we get through this and we're lucky enough to have the repeat in history, which usually happens after war or, or Great Depression, there usually is a capitalistic boom. I hope that people do, you know, especially, I, mean, I, I know people hate when I use this term, but especially the younger generation, the millennials, like, gotta save money. Yeah. Stop ordering from Seamless every single night. I'm done with all that. And I, I even said to Hannah, we're having a real sit down conversation after this process. Because we've all let the fox in the hen house. And it's time to stop. Mm-hmm. And Mother Nature, we weren't doing it, so Mother Nature said, enough. Yeah. Enough. I agree. When you, you know? think about um, contribution at this time, um, I can't help but bring up one of your former castmates, Bethany Frankel. Have you been watching yeah. what she's been doing? Uh, yes. And I talk to her pretty much every day. Bethany and I are very close. And I think that she's really, I mean, one thing about Bethany's boy, she knows how to activate and get things going. You know, like all of us have great, I, you know, in life there's great, there's great doers, but there's not a lot of people that actually apply it well. She gets right in there and does it. And mm-hmm. she's had some really huge success. I don't oh, know yeah. if you guys saw her on Regis and Kelly the other day. But um, we started, know, we started a drive here on the show three weeks ago, I think we started, I had called her and I said, Hey, I see you're making these Corona kits. Who are you getting to manufacture your masks? Because these hospitals are suffering and we need to get the masks. And she's like, well, I have some, I'll take them out of the Corona kits and I'll start donating to the hospital. So we did a drive on the show to raise money. And from there, she just, you know, started killing it. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. She deserves an award when this is done. And she, she, it, she, it's been fast. And you know, anyone, you know, anyone that says anything otherwise is, it's like, then let's see you do something because she is, she, and I don't care what power that is that helps her do it. She gets it done. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, that's very, that's been very impressive to watch. I agree. I agree. Um, she's an admirable woman. I mean, she's a go-getter. She absolutely is. Like I said, I think she she deserves an award when this is done. I really I'm hope I really hope I know that, you know, there's press going out and stuff like that and fine, but I really hope when this is said and done that people don't forget what she did because oh, I don't so. because I've watched her now do it for Puerto Rico and Australia and all these places and, you know, she gets publicity. She gets publicity and that's great. But now it's in our country 
and and she acted very swiftly and selflessly. And I feel like um, I think she deserves more than, you know, an article in Forbes or a hit on Live with Kelly. She deserves something more than that. Yeah, I, I, correct. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, 100 percent. And I think that'll happen. Yeah, I've been saying it I mean, enough. I've hopefully people write to me, fan, uh, people that have written to me and said, do you know, I reached out to, you know, it's, uh, be strong. And they actually contacted me back and they're sending us masks. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Which is great. Um, so that's impressive. That's someone that's used their power of, the, you know, power that be in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder, Jeff, um, you know, I know you had like a zillion questions about the show and we're like having like life talk and all of that. But I also don't want to disappoint the fans of the show. Um, so I know that one of the things a lot of people were asking us to ask you was about Leah McSweeney and what her, um, as an addition to the show has meant for you. I, I think she's great. We had a little bit tough of a start. We started off a little rough. I don't know if it was the, you know, this association with her best friend, you know, her new friend Tinsley or Tinsley's new friend, Leah, and the tattoos threw me because I grew up in a generation where tattoos threw all of us. Um, but she is really a great addition. She's a strong character. She brings a different ingredient to this cake called the Real Housewives in New York City. And um, she holds her own. You're going to see. For, you know, as, as, as Sonia kept calling her the youngin, she's, you know, she, she really brings that. I really enjoy her. She's a great mother. She's a businesswoman. She kind of she calls it like she sees it. You know, she's kind of, I mean, they called me the gangster in town. Remember, I don't know if you remember when I was on, they said there's a new gangster in town and she's blonde and blue eyed. I mean, <laughs> she's, she's more than a gangster. She's good. And I think I'm, I think the audience is going to love her. I thought the first episode she was very strong in. And um, yeah, I think we, we got a good, I think we got a keeper here. You, you know, it's funny. You kind of know, I can kind of tell when, I, and I knew it for myself, so I said it for myself. When that camera came on, because I didn't think I was going to like it, I thought I was going to do it for a season and come on as a friend. When that camera came on, I was like, hey, I like this, and the camera likes me. I think I want to do this. And it takes a certain type of person to be able to be able to interact with or not interact with the camera, but let be transparent. And she has it. She's very... Yeah, she puts it right out there on the camera. When you do a scene with her, you don't feel like, you know, sometimes with the other, with other housewives in the past, you feel like there's a difference between them camera on, camera off. Mm-hmm. And you don't with her. And to me, that makes a very good housewife. If you had to be quarantined with any housewife across all cities. Oh, God, I hate these questions. I know, but we have to ask. Well, I think... If I had to be quarantined with any of the housewives. Actually, maybe the better one is, who would you never want to be quarantined with? <laughs> yeah, a real question. Probably Tinsley. <laughs> because we're just so different. We just run our lives so differently. Uh-huh. You know, we're we're totally different women. It's not because she's bad and I'm good and she's this. We're just very different. I like women of like mind. I love it. Jeff, and anything? I wear, and I don't wear eyelashes every day. This is it. I love that. You know what, though? I've been seeing so many people like on Instagram. There are people who are posting with no makeup. 
And generally, everyone looks better. Younger. You know, it's like, it's just gotten to be too much, all of it. Younger. Yeah. And quite frankly, all these people with these fake Instagrams, I don't want to follow anymore. Yeah. I'm over it. I just like, it's not real. So my friend, in fact, Leah showed these pictures of these couple of girls on her Instagram a couple of weeks ago, them posting after they had a baby which, and, 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 you know, all made up and stuff. And then she showed, she got her hands on a real picture. She said, this is what she really looked like after birth. And it's so unfair to women. Yeah. But, so but isn't it something that people feel like they have to keep their brand going? And so they're they're playing into a brand rather than reality? Because the truth is, people are loving the pictures. They are wanting to buy everything they're selling. It's not, they're not being rejected for it. They're being rewarded for it. Well, I thought, is that true? Because I Yeah, well, well, for the for the very people that it's seemingly not fair for, at the same time, there's so many people rewarding it. You know, you're seeing millions of likes. So it's something in us that needs to change. We here, my friend Greg and I here, I, I, I'm like, that's it. I'm unfollowing that person. Nope, can't do that. Can't look at it. It upsets me that, you know, people kind of, it. I don't know. It's, it's, it is tricky. We've never had this. And, you know, I, right before all this, it was getting to the point where Instagram and these social platforms were becoming our sort of sense of our standard of reality. You found yourself going through these things, the exercise, mm-hmm. the person doing this, the person having a baby and looking beautiful, the beautiful breasts, the beautiful bodies, the beautiful clothes. And there has been something very peaceful about that kind of going away. Yeah. Well, I think one of the other things that I was writing about yesterday was, you know, it's like the keeping up with the Joneses, like, I need to have the newest Chanel bag because she has it. And I need to be on a vacation every week because that person's on vacation every week. That's over. I think that's over. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I mean who goes on vacation every week or every month? But you see people on Instagram and you're like, wait, how are they doing that? Do you know that I, I, I was even guilty of it and I have zero desire. I would lay in bed and I'd just constantly be going through net porte I'm not saying I bought anything but flipping or the sale of sacks or the this. I'm over it. Yeah. I, I, I maybe and I think part of that is because we're living with our stuff. You know, I'm never living with my stuff. I'm always in and out and run and grab and all what you know. Yep. Need something new. I, can't can't yeah. wear something someone else has seen. That's it. I have found so many beautiful things of mine that I haven't seen for years. I'm like, why don't I wear that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're, we're more peaceful I, now. I don't want any more stuff. Yep. I want to unstuck my life now. That's going to be interesting too. I think that when we go back next year, how people, well, the only thing I will say about the housewives in New York, we don't walk around like Beverly Hills, which I think is great. It's just a different type of franchise. We don't walk around all hair and makeup though. We do. We you know they, you see us. We walk around with no makeup, our pajamas, our day look. I, there's not really any of us that really you'll meet in the park and have full hair and makeup. That's not our thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to change a lot. I think um, you know that's why I have been finding quarantining so much more peaceful. Because like, look, I'm in my sweats. I'm cooking. I'm meditating. I'm you know taking care of my parents. 
Um, this is my sanity hour where I get to be with people like you and, and experts and people helping us or, or people chatting through real life right now so that we can share experiences. But it's like the rat race of rushing to meetings and going here and there. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I know you were not supposed to say that, but I, Hannah even said the other day, you know, I, cause Hannah's a totally different personality than me. She's much more one-on-one and she, she's an academic and all this. She said, you know, the great thing about quarantine, I, it's finally acceptable to do the life that I actually enjoy. The only thing I don't, I can't, I, I got to keep myself from doing is not going to bed before nine o'clock. There's a legal time that I can go to bed, but there is something, I mean, even the idea of being actively involved in your house. I was, I raked all day yesterday. Once last time I picked up a rake and raked my own front lawn. It was so relaxing, not the raking, but listening to the birds, the fresh air. I was kind of tired in a different way last night. Yeah. You know what I yeah, it's it's a simpler life. Life has gotten so overcomplicated for all of us. And we've built this this life that I don't think any of us really liked or wanted. It just became. And so now as we strip the layers down again to what's really important, and it's our health and the health and the, the safety of our loved ones. Yeah, that's when well, you realize what I mean, life's like, about. That's why our parents were able to raise such solid kids because they did the real things in life. You you knew how to, I mean, there's not a thing we can't do in this house. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my parents can hire people to fix things and they did it. You woke up on a Saturday and you all had chores to keep the house running. Yeah. It wasn't punishment. It was about keeping the house running. Yeah. Contributing. Before, the boys were outdoors. The girls did indoor stuff. And you learned the whole, everything that your mother taught you about cooking and cleaning the house and keeping, doing your own laundry. And I mean, how many, I mean, I'm guilty of it as well. I, I you know, I didn't give him as many great tools of how to run a home and things as my mother did. But that was because we had no money. Yeah. So you did everything. You yeah. had lists. Yeah. And we're, we're going to appreciate things so much more. Like I was saying, gosh, you know, for so long, we've appreciated and, and held and revered, you know, celebrities and athletes and all these people. And now it's like grocery workers and the postal workers and the doctors and the nurses are the, the real rock stars and the real heroes. And, and, you know, really realizing that, you know, how how important it is to to worship the right things uh, listen how about just what they're doing every night at seven o'clock i don't know if you've watched i love videos. it i mean my friend luke was out walking home he said it was almost tribal every night at seven o'clock if you guys don't know in new york city everyone screams out their windows cheers and yeah the boats up the river start honking their horns. Yeah, to thank the the healthcare professionals out there that are All saving lives. Workers. Oh, it's the essential workers. It's everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everybody. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's so nice because he said, my friend Luke said, every single night we open his window to listen, he said, it just makes you want to well up because this it's like we're all connected but we're not connected anymore so this is the way we connect yeah and he said the energy of it is overwhelming yeah it's beautiful he sent me a video which i posted last night on my instagram 
And because I was watching it and I was like, I, that, I wish I could see that before it stops. Yeah. It says the action so little says so much. And that's what it's come down to. Not about the big parties, not what car you drive, not about walking up Madison and buying more stuff you don't need. Banging on a pan at seven o'clock at night to show people, we see you, we care. Yep. It's overwhelming, really. I love it. Oh, you're going to make me cry. And on that note, I think what a beautiful chat. I'm so Thank grateful you. that How's Kevin good? he's great. He's great. And I know um, we are just happy that you're okay because we were worried about you at first. <laughs> we're like, please, we hope she's okay. So we're glad that you were able to I join was running us. Around. I'm so, I, I've been doing all, you know, the wild thing is, is, you know, we have all these things called cameo and stuff like that. I don't know if you know about it. There's a couple of this cameo where you could do to shout out happy birthdays and stuff. People are so dying to connect. I'm doing like 20, 30 a day. It's my whole life. You know, I, I sit there. Hi, Bridget. Stop. Yeah. So I quarantined myself to get my cameos done every day. Oh, Shout out to people. My. Because now more than ever, it's important. You know, before I'd let every once in a while, you know, someone expire. I wouldn't do it. You know, it wasn't. It's become like a priority in my life to get these messages out <laughs> to people. Did you know that mainly most of them are pep talks? Really? Isn't that interesting? Well, you're a good one to give them. Well, thanks. You're all the book who's talking. Well, it was wonderful chatting with you. Thank I hope you. I see you soon. I hope so too. And hug. I can't wait to give you a big hug. Yeah. Big kisses. Love you. Thank you so much, Dorinda. Bye-bye. That was Dorinda Medley from the Real Housewives of New York City. Um, Jeff Graham, you there? Yeah, what a refreshing just talk it's interesting i think what we just saw from her is kind of the journey she takes this season where she's ready and she's at a point in her life and i bet you can relate to this maria where she just wants to stop the bs and try to be a real person and help you know yeah i feel like we totally got that from that talk and for those who watched the premiere she mentioned it briefly in her interview but that's kind of the tension between her and Tinsley this season is, you know, Tinsley's a little younger and I think Dorinda really wants to push her to be her actual self and a full person. And it of course leads to some juicy drama on the show, but I can see that it's a real and genuine transformation that Dorinda's taken. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. She's a, she's a fun one. Yeah. Fun show and good shoosh, Steven. Steven's just been <laughs> shooshing this whole show. Are you waiting for your treat? Well, I got the coffee. You gave me coffee. <laughs> is there mold in it? Uh, it you know what i'm gonna say <laughs> it's so, good heat sink so i i normally do my little duncan k-cups and this morning um i made a greek frappe and it didn't do enough to keep me awake so then i said steven i'm gonna go make coffee he's like i would like one so i used the other regular house blend coffee we have but I went to go look for my Dunkin' K-Cups first because I was going to give us our Dunkin' K-Cups. And I saw that we had a Starbucks toffee nut. Mm. And generally not a big fan of Starbucks, just saying. It's a very, it feels like um, battery acid. It's so strong. But I tried it. And I didn't make one for you because I didn't know if you like toffee nuts. So I just gave you the regular. But toffee nut Starbucks is amazing. Glad you found something you like at Starbucks. I mean... I really loved it. You know why? I, I believe these K-Cups are very watered-down versions of what you get in the store. That's just what I feel. Um, or maybe because 
they sit in those things for so long they don't taste as fresh as the freshly ground coffee going in whatever but um damn it was really good and my eyeballs are open which was very difficult earlier because i did not sleep last night with all those crazy australia dreams anyhow um i hope you guys enjoyed today um some great dog tips from tamar geller some really great conversation with dorinda medley um we're here every day at 11 a.m for you guys if you love this episode share it with your friends on social via email whatever mode of communication you would like um if you would comment uh on our apple itunes or um wherever on youtube we love hearing what you think and uh we got an itunes review one of them that i want to shout out real oh, quick oh well let's do it i'm gonna just interrupt you do to do it please uh from soraya 2120 says i really enjoy this podcast maria's fun cheerful and genuine so many topics that no matter what mood i'm in i can find one that fits serious fun informative and so much more Ooh, hey i like that, I like that. Yeah. um also uh we see you all migrating over to patreon thank you thank you thank you if you haven't joined us over at Patreon, please do. We're going to be doing a new episode this week, um, and you can join at any tier. We're really trying to make an ad-free space, and we love the idea that we can do that with Patreon. So once we get you all over over there, we'll be doing a lot more over there because we have less handcuffs. Less handcuffs. There. Yeah. So um, thank you guys so much, as always, for being with us. And um, if you want to find Dorinda, you can find her on Instagram at Dorinda Medley, at Maria Menunos at Tamar Geller, at Stephen Lemieux Photo, and Jeff Graham. And I'm also going to say, I just got a text from Tamar. You can also find her at The Loved Dog. That's oh, yeah. the one she's often checking. So that one as well. And, and uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jeffrey Crane Graham. Is Crane your middle name? Crane is my middle name. It's the one unique thing about me. Where did that come from? It was Jeff, I don't think that's the one unique thing. No. You're a very unique human. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, um, it's my mom's maiden name. Oh. So, uh, yeah, she gave it to me. And it's uh, the nice connection I have with my sweet, sweet mother. It feels like almost like a character in the game of Clue. It's Jeffrey very, Crane Graham. It's very Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. It's, it's like very like colonial williamsburg yeah i love it i have a long we can get into another episode i have a long american history lots of revolutionary war ancestry so uh it do you really on. oh my god yes. have you talked to kevin about this he loves history i don't think i have he's you have oh, let's do. i like stories. it yeah he's gonna sure. die over that who do we co- have coming up tomorrow do you know yeah two great guests tomorrow we have jeff rawson journalist oh yeah um, we're gonna kind of get the front lines view of what it's like to be sort of a hard news journalist right now which i'm sure you can relate to maria yeah he works for the today have, show um, on nbc bachelor. yes yeah nbc guy and then we have a uh, bachelor colton underwood which i'm very excited about because i'm a huge bachelor fan he actually had COVID, so he can get into the ins and outs of what it was actually like oh wow that's gonna be dope yeah, yeah. that Good will job. be very interesting all right Well, we got a lot coming up for you guys. Hope you'll join us tomorrow at 11. Bye. Be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Shit, I almost forgot my outro. You almost forgot your outro. Bye. Well, that's it for today, Heal Squad. Before I let you go, I want to make sure you don't forget to take care of yourself today. I'll be making sure I'm not forgetting to get outside, do my meditations, and of course, keep myself fueled with some sweet, chilly, wonderful pistachios. Wonderful pistachios, as you know, are my go-to when hunger strikes because they're one of the highest protein nuts providing all nine essential amino acids, and they're great for on-the-go snacking. So... 
When you're ready to elevate your snacking game, visit wonderfulpistachios.com to grab a bag.